RadioMax.tv. We are live on the Cool Groove side here. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, each and every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Warp and Wolf Radio. Boy, we are laughing, man, when the conversation's <laughs> off air. I am so sorry, but mm-hmm. welcome, welcome, welcome into Warp and Wolf Radio, Comenius Institute sponsored show where we try to make some sense of all this craziness that's going on. And yeah, Lord knows right. we've been dealing in craziness. Isn't What's up, that my the brother? Truth? Well, you know, as long as we're laughing about it, we might as well just say something about it. And that is uh, this last weekend, uh, for those of you who might have been living in your closet uh, this weekend, uh, there was some really serious stuff that jumped off in Charlottesville, Virginia, and uh, I actually uh, was in, engaged in uh, a conversation uh, on my Facebook page about this, which kind of blew up into this huge thing, and uh, basically I just said I stand with my black brothers and sisters, Charlottesville, and and then uh, it came into this, uh, uh, I wrote an essay about it, you know, well, man, it blew up my analytics. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm got more numbers, more, <laughs> more numbers than I can count, honestly, and it keeps climbing. And I, it just, this just really hits with people. But my perspective, of course, is always biblical, as you well know. So I go back to scripture and I say, well, what is, what is my responsibility to love people? It's just to love people. Doesn't matter yeah. who they are. Well, you know, we candid, right? Yeah. You know, so you, I guess you're a brother, Jerome, uh, Uncle Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one, Mark. Oh, my goodness. But no, man, uh, you know, uh, candidly, candidly, I would like to say uh, thank God that that is not uh, the the whole spectrum of love and brotherhood that we share in America. Isn't that the truth? The reason the outcry is taking place is because most people have settled the difference of understanding the differences um, and and the non-difference in race relation, I guess would be a better way to put it. We are not that different. Um, You know, skin, hue, maybe, a little bit of cultural differences, but, man, Mm -hmm. we are all striving for the same exact thing. Yeah, that's what you just said, uh, you know, coming in off the break was, uh, you know, we're all human beings, and that's the the key to this, you know. And we come to a show, A Christian View of Life and Things, uh, Warp and Move Radio, sponsored by Cominius Institute, where the focus is in Colossians chapter one that jesus holds all things together and so when we approach these kinds of issues like we do any kinds of issues including finance debt and money today we'll be talking about uh, we're going to approach this from a a christian point of view and that's how i approach uh, anything even the things that happened this weekend so i'm always going to go back to scripture and say you know what if god says i love everybody then my responsibility is to love everybody because that's the command he's given to us and there is no exception there everybody's to be included doesn't matter and uh, that i think that is where uh uh, people are finding the line to kind of stand on because yeah. politically, idealistically, we can have differences. But when we're talking about loving one another, That's loving right. brothers and sisters, and equality and fairness, yeah, there's uh, there's not one political party, there is not one club, church, denomination, or whatever that supersedes. That's right. Uh, that that true love. So, Bottom you know, line is love are. other people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got that a little bit out the way, and uh, all right, you know. Uh, today we're going to be talking about finances, man, which is very important um, in, in this community we live in. I find now, I guess, kind of even slanting back towards what we were talking about, is that we're be, uh, becoming less of a racially divided society and dealing more on social. The class uh, issues. The class issues yeah. mm-hmm. and, and pretty much. Right. That that issue Saturday was a class issue. Yeah. I was laughing about it. You know, we throw race right. in there. Right. 
but but that was not like a racist situation mm-hmm. on Saturday. That was that was a whole bunch of white folks going at it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were going at it like I hadn't yeah. seen before. I didn't even know that existed. I've seen it in the mm-hmm. hood now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I told you I was mm-hmm. sitting back like, wow. Yeah. Look at here. There's a whole dif- there's all different kinds of privilege going on. In fact, I preached on this a few weeks ago. If anybody wants to go listen to my sermon, it's on Warp and Woof under our pod- podcast section. But I talked about privilege, and there's all different kinds of privileges. I'll just give you one example. If you grow up in a home where you have a mom and a dad and a stable family where people love each other, oh, my word, man, you are ranking high above a whole bunch of folks who have difficulty in that arena. So privilege can take on lots of different shapes and sizes, and one of them, as you well suggest, is class. Yeah, and so class begins a lot of times with your financial status, That's right. uh, your, your wealth or lack thereof. And today we're going to have Alfred Weems III in, and I uh, love this brother, man. Mm-hmm. He is so diverse in what he does. Uh, he's yeah, a he pastor. Is. Uh, but he definitely believes in uh, trying to be as debt-free as possible, getting credit right, making sure your wholeness is together. Mm. And uh, your finances are very, very important in, in that wholeness procedure. That's right. uh, you know, your credit is almost a, a walking stamp of who you are yeah. uh, when it comes time to, to participate in the financial arena. And so we have to make sure that we understand it a lot better. Uh, I know particularly in the African-American community, finance is one of the last things Right. Um, that is really brought about. First thing is Jesus, church and all that, and then yeah. it kind of goes from there uh, to other arenas. But finances are rarely, rarely um, embarked upon as, as something really important as you're going to move forward in life. I, I can say this honestly, and I love my mom to death. And, you know, my aunt said, Jumbo, you talk about your mother too much. I said, oh, <laughs> no, look, man, my mother, I was honorable to her when she was mm-hmm. living because she didn't want some things exposed. But my mother lived a different life, and some of the basic core things as a youth that I missed out on track me to this day. Mm. They track me Mm -hmm. to this day, much like mental illness tracks some Mm -hmm. people to core where their root of their pain is, tracks them to to 50 and 60 years old. Well, I don't have that, but financially, I was never shown properly. Mm. Budgeting, uh, saving, all those things that, you know, and then you get grown and you have to try on the fly to figure it out. And it's tough. It is. It's tough. So that privilege I wasn't gifted with. That's right. And we're going to come back to this actually after the break and talk about the distinctiveness of how important financial stability is in a culture. Well, we're going to start the show off today. I think we need this song right here. And then when we come back, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, finances and what you need to know. Warp and Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell on the Cool Groove site. RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site. Warp and Wolf Radio. I feel better now, Dr. Isn't Mark. Not the truth? Woo, wow. We needed that. Man, yeah. I'm in the doors of the church and now open and uh, <laughs> put your envelopes in the basket. There you go. No, we are here uh, actually and we just have a great time each and every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, first of all, let, let me say last week was one heck of a show. Yeah. We had a heck of a show last week. A uh, lot of information transferred and we want to just thank uh, Ali Abib for coming in. That's right. And uh, talking about the Ethiopian restaurant. Uh, uh, up in Fishers and uh, St. Yarrods. St. Yep. Yarrods. And if yep. you get an opportunity, please go check him out. And uh, just amazing, amazing story of uh, perseverance right. and overcoming so many obstacles that I think we need to learn. And uh, kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. Finances are so much of a problem yes. in the lives of the individuals today. Uh, probably un- unsteady than it's ever been. Mm. I know as an adult, 
uh, right now in 58 years, I can honestly say this, how I'm going to navigate day to day financially is probably this is the most confusing time I think I've mm. ever had in my adult life. Okay. Um, trying to figure it out. You know, you're at an age where people aren't, you know, you're not easily employable. Mm -hmm. um, you're also at an age where you've taken off into the land of entrepreneurship, landscape right. changes, resources get shaky. And That's so, right. you know, money becomes a major, major issue. And uh, the, the sad part is when you go through those issues and you have not prepared financially right. uh, and had all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. So I guess the first thing that we want to do before we welcome in our special guest today, Alfred Weems III, is just, you know, go f like we go. Every week we go wisdom and proverbs. Mm -hmm. and, and so to make sense of this, I guess the first question I would ask is why the subject of finance and debt so important for Christians, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all of this, uh, as we were saying off air, and we say on air all the time, everything goes back to Scripture. And so uh, I would always begin any kind of discussion about finance, wealth, anything like that, going back to the book of Genesis, where it establishes uh, this is God's world. He has given us all things uh, for our enjoyment as well as for our benefit. And so th there is no such thing as private property in the sense, uh, the theological sense, that God owns it all. He's creator of the world. He sustains it and so on. Uh, private property in the general sense uh, of how we think about this economically, of course that's something that is, that is true. But at the same time, we want to make sure to emphasize that uh, God has established uh, in his world that we love people and use things, not use people and, and love things. That's... Uh, we get that flipped around quite a bit. But uh, one of the things that we want to talk about here, and I mentioned this just before we went to break, is to highlight uh, something that I was reading even just this morning uh, from Slate.com. Uh, uh, it gives us this very interesting graph. Uh, it emphasizes house household debt and how household debt has grown over the last 15 years, and it has peaked, HB. It's just amazing uh, to see these red lines here. Uh, this uh, the GDP has actually declined, and the uh, post-war debt has actually increased over and over and over again. And then one of the things that we want to emphasize as well is how much the average household has credit card debt, at, and this is just credit card debt. Okay, that's all. We're not talking about mortgages or anything else. Sixteen thousand dollars. That's the average HB for every single household. And you know what, Robin and I, we look at numbers like that, you know, and in our marriage and in our home, where we go, how can people live like that? But they do. You know, we're the kind of folks who we get the credit card bill comes in, we pay that baby because you don't want to have that debt hanging over your head. You don't want to pay the interest and so on. And I realize that there's all kinds of snafus out there for folks, and they run into uh, very difficult issues. But nonetheless, uh, this issue of carrying sixteen thousand dollars, oh man, I don't know what to say to that. I know what to say to that. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say to that. What's really scary is when you start talking about the discrepancy between African-American net assets and white America's net assets, and the African-American has averaged about $5,000 worth of net assets versus 110000 And wow. so if you're talking about the average household credit yep. card debt is 16000 man. It's a lot different for African-Americans. I mean, I, I mean, and I'm just saying, that, it, that those are real numbers that okay. we're going out there, and that's kind of scary. And, and I mean, it like is. you say, 16000 in debt is scary enough. That is. But Absolutely. then when you're talking about working from behind, you know, a hundred percent less than what? You know, right. the, the average household income is, man, you're, you're talking about destitute pretty that's much. That's right. 
And and that begins this chain of problems. And That's I guess right. the next question, what principles from Proverbs mm. can be applied to money and debt? Because oh we have my. to get this cleaned up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just mention a few because, quite frankly, uh, if anybody goes into uh, the Bible, let's just take the Bible generally speaking. One, this is this is going to blow your mind. One out of every six verses in the Bible has to do with material wealth. One out of every six. So think about the implications of that. We're talking about 15 to 18 percent of the Bible talks about stuff. So when we talk about stuff, we're not messing around. And the book of Proverbs, man, HB, over and over and over again. I'll just uh, highlight a few oh. of these these things that are coming out at at us. Just go to one uh, passage in Proverbs 20 and 21. Let me start off with a real positive statement, and that is in Proverbs 20, 15. It says that the most important wealth that anybody can have is knowledge, yes, HP. Sir. Does that sound vaguely like what we do every week? That's what man? we do every week. Every man. single week, man. So that, there it is. Then one of the issues that I think folks face, and this is, I think, one of the real problems for us, is that we want everything right now. And so here's just an example of, of what that says in 21.5. Uh, in Proverbs 21.5, it says this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So if you want it right now, and you want it in a hasty manner, Proverbs says that's not the right way to go. 21.7 has a very interesting statement. It says, The violence of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what's just. So when we talk about doing crooked things in life with money, same kind of idea here. When you do crooked things with money, this is what happens to us. And, of course, uh, when we move on from there, we see other statements uh, such as this one in 2117. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So if all you're after is the constant consuming things, uh, we talk about this as perishable income. Uh, you're just going out and spending at the bar, you're spending uh, at the restaurants, you're spending at the games, whatever it might be, uh, you're not saving. And saving is one of the biggest issues that we all face. How do we keep some of that money that we're earning and don't spend it right away? This is big, HP. Oh, I mean, and that is a learned behavior. Yes, it is. Uh, because if you're taught the other way, then that is a hard habit to break. That's right. Um, so why should this topic matter for Christians, Mark? There are so many different things I could talk about here. I'm sure that uh, Alfred Weems uh, III, our guest, uh, will come in and talk about some of this. I'll just mention Dave Ramsey. He's probably the biggest name out there in terms of Christendom. Uh, Dave Ramsey, you spell his last name R-A-M-S-E-Y. Uh, check him out. He has all kinds of valuable insights and, of course, uh, all kinds of instructional ideas and curriculum and seminars and all the rest uh, for folks who are struggling with this. Just to give you one example of it, uh, I know that there are some people who actually, because of Ramsey's teaching, he says you only have so much money during the month for groceries, let's say. You put X amount of dollars in an envelope, and when you're done with that envelope, you don't have any more money for groceries. I mean, that's real hardcore, but it teaches the discipline, I think, that's necessary. One other idea here that comes from uh, Scripture again, and I think it's an important uh, idea here to highlight and that is that we live in the tension of this world, and I'm, I'm thinking now about teachings from Le Leviticus and Deuteronomy. We live in the tension of this world between free markets, that is that people are genuinely free to go out and earn and do what they want in this particular culture that we live in. We have live in the tension of free markets, but also lawful restraint. 
So we talk all the time about, hey, you know what? If you make a choice, there are consequences to your choice. Well, sometimes those consequences are lawful, and people have written not just policy, but you go to jail for things that uh, you don't pay your debts and so on. This is a very big issue and one that uh, really we, we can't just walk away from this. So when we're talking about what the Scripture say, Scripture is very clear. Everything belongs to God. He's the one who's given us all things for our benefit. How we use it, however, that's a whole different ballgame. Now that's a a handful right there. Uh, What we're going to do is take a short break. We're going to take one song, come back. Uh, Alfred Williams III will be in today. And we are talking finances, the importance of managing it, the importance of understanding it. You are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site at RadioNext.tv. (laughs) <laughs> RadioNext.tv. We are live on the Cool Groove site at RadioNext. And uh, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.V. Bell are in studio, and we are going through the first segment. And uh, our great friend, Alfred Weems III, is in the house, and we're going to be talking financial education uh, with Al after the top of the hour. Uh, but we're going into the second segment, Mark, and uh, we always go into current events. And I guess why is the study of finances so important for the church in the 21st century? Let me give you one idea college debt if we want to talk about something that is killing the church and killing people i mean we can talk about all the problems uh, of financial savings and all the rest of that kind of stuff but when you leave college with a debt of a hundred thousand plus dollars because you went to a four-year university that cost you 25 plus a year I mean, I don't know how you get out of that for the rest of your year or the rest of your life if you're only making in the 30s and 40s. So this is a real problem, I think, for the church. And quite frankly, now let me get let me get a little upset Come on. now. Get, 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 <laughs> let me get you know, a little I mean, upset been, about this. You've been doing it all weekend. You might as well carry <laughs> on into well Wednesday, bring it, baby. Bring, bring it, it on. into the week. Yeah, <laughs> I get really upset with churches that do not address these kinds of issues. I mean, how in the world can leaders and churches send their young people off to colleges where they know that this is going to be the end result in four years. And they still let them go. And they let them go into a situation that is going to plague them for the rest of their lives. So this is is why I'm so glad that Alfred Weems III is here today because we're going to talk about some of these things and the practical aspects of this stuff. And I'm sure that... uh, uh, this this anger across the board will kind of come through again, but there's just one example, HB, how the church should really step into this issue and speak to the issue of college debt. And, and I think that this needs to start, and I'm sure I will get to this. We cannot wait until the problem has happened. We have to right. be preventive in educating people way, way before That's right. uh, we sign up for this. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I went back to college on an emotion, and man, I... Four years later, I'm about $60,000 in debt, and they compounding interest on me yeah. daily. I'm like, well, this didn't seem like the dream that they, you know, yeah. they, you know uh, uh, snapped me into. Right. And, and we have to be able to do something. Fortunately for an old guy like me, there's some relief. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we'll talk about some of that. Al will talk about some of that for college debt relief for uh, people of a certain age. And if he doesn't know, I've got some information for him uh, to, t- to take back to the office. Uh, but... Um, so I guess what we want to know then, since we are not preparing our people and specifically churches and institutions that should be guiding us properly, why is it important to understand financial matters as far as our culture goes? Right. So I'll give you just two examples of this, one in the negative, one on the positive. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the idea of conflict of interest. 
we see this constantly taking place all around us in any kind of venue. We can talk about the economics. We can talk about the finances. We can talk about the politics. I mean, people leaving politics with buku bucks and all kinds of 401k this and, uh, you know, hush money this and the other kind of thing going on. Talk about the issue of privilege. This certainly comes uh, in the political spectrum. But when you have inside information, this is the thing that really uh, gets people upset. And there have been all kinds of movies made about this, especially since uh, the recession of 2007, 2008, about who's responsible. That's a whole other discussion, by the way. But nonetheless, it's an important idea that we emphasize to people, you know what, if there's inside information, somebody's benefiting somebody else, that's in unjust. And it's injustice, and we need to speak to those kinds of issues. But let me just speak, uh, generally speaking, to uh, a positive idea here. And this is something that comes to my inbox every single week. And it's called the Harvard Business Review. And every day, uh, this thing comes to my mailbox. I don't read every single uh, email that comes through or every single article. But I'm going to just read you a few uh, ideas here from HBR. That's Harvard Business Review. And I would highly recommend that it, you, you at least just read the, the titles of these things, if not some of the, uh, the ideas behind them, perhaps get a subscription to it. Here are just some titles. Good leaders are good learners. Wow. If people in finance need nothing more, they need to learn how to do finance. And that's showing leadership in their firms. The issue of firing James Damore, for instance, and the whole issue of the Google diversity goals, that was a big controversy that came up this last week, something I think that needs to be addressed. Uh, HBR does that. Uh, how, how do we deal with the issue of uh, hurting diversity within the concept of engineering? We all know, for instance, that the idea of engineering, we desperately need engineers in every uh, single arena. And how is it that we're going to say these kinds of things and, and do the kind of moving forward we need to do in our economy with everybody involved? And here's this last idea. This one just hit me right in the solar plexus. I loved it. Listen to this now. Research shows that organizations benefit when employees take sabbaticals. And HB, I'm telling you right now, you know where they got this idea from? They got this idea from Leviticus, man. Go back to my second favorite book in the Bible. People are ripping off Leviticus. HBR, man, they're ripping off Leviticus. Why wouldn't you use that as part of your model? I'm telling you, man, you better use some Bible as part of your business model and your business plan if you want it to really work. Because in in Scripture lies it's true. And uh, so the last question in this segment, how does this discussion today, because we know that you're an avid reader and you just mentioned the importance of knowledge and reading. So uh, how does this discussion today intersect with what you've been reading about money here lately? Because oh. I, I know you're in. Oh, my word. I I've got been sending you some stuff about uh, some new currency out there, too. That's been, right. The I whole Bitcoin controversy. Yeah, I don't want to talk to this financial guru over yeah, there. Yeah. And I sent you something back about I, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me hit you with something that's just going to make you chuckle, man, because I, I found this. I was saving this for you okay. and this morning. Here is the big heist. You know the big heist that's going on in Canada is that people are ripping off maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, that must mean they're trying to get loaded up for Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm setting you up, man. <laughs> they are heisting maple syrup in Canada. That is too funny. <laughs> What's really amazing about this is that the value of maple syrup is roughly, get this, I didn't realize, $1,300 a barrel. $1,300 a barrel. And Canada controls 70-plus percent 
of the world's supply. And so when you're in hard times, man, you're turning any single way you can uh, to find a way out, uh, to find a way through sometimes in your financial situation. And this is not an unusual kind of thing that we're talking about here. Yeah, we're going to chuckle about maple syrup maybe. But the bottom line is when people are hurting, when they need money, uh, they're always going to look for the fastest, easiest way out. And sometimes, HB, that means people are going to steal to do it. Absolutely. And here's what's funny about our economy today, and I'm sure Al will get in it. Uh, the, the dollar right now is crumbling. And uh, the resources that we're talking about now that are more valuable than a dollar is or uh, uh, items like maple syrup, uh, resources. What yep. kind of resource can you do in the barter and in the exchanges? Where, where it's almost like back in the days... Uh, where well, you'd ride through a little mm. town and you, well, you want some of that wheat? Well, we need uh, uh, yeah. five of those buffalo skins, or, yeah. you know, or whatever it might be. And that's, that's right. kind of where it's going because mm. the economy is not yielding enough reward for people to make it. So yeah. we're, we're having to get creative, and that goes Isn't back that to that cryptocurrency. Uh, we're right. going to come back with the last segment of our first hour, and then we're going to be joined by the financial expert, uh, the spiritual wonder. <laughs> Al Weems III. You're listening to War From Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. RadioNX.TV on the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, in here each and every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, warping and woofing it up. And if you don't understand warping and woofing, we have not given the commercial to. We haven't talked to, about that, have oh, we? Oh, man, we got caught up. Yeah, we did. We got caught up this morning. We came in this morning, Al Weems. I'm serious. We went... <laughs> We went in, uh, yeah. you know, because it, it, there's a lot of, uh, and we talk about this constantly, Mark, when, when decisions are made and emotions are displayed through anger and fear, it doesn't lend for a lot of rational thinking. Right. Uh, so, you know, most of what's happening right now, we got a lot of people who are oh. afraid. Oh, a lot yeah. of people are just mad as hell. Yeah. And they're mad at you, Mark. Echel. Yeah, they are. They certainly are. They certainly were. <laughs> I got him covered, Ma. <laughs> I got him covered. Don't worry. <laughs> they, they really were upset with me. That's right. Uh, but, but please explain about Comenius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but before I do that, let me say, <laughs> uh, let me say I, I posted this this morning actually uh, just before I came in uh, and my comment was be wary that the ideals you hold sacred today may be attacked by another group tomorrow uh, I'll be saying more about this next week as I write again but this concept that somehow my thing is the right thing right now right right this moment uh, when, when we haven't given the other side or another person a voice or listen to anybody oh my word listen to somebody else there's the key idea so yes okay so now back to warp and woof sorry uh, warp and woof, the vertical horizontal threads that make up fabric. This is the basis for uh, not only the radio show, but also my website. So if you go to warpandwoof.org, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org, you can find over 600 essays and articles and movie reviews and book reviews and podcasts and sermons and videos. There's all kinds of stuff there. And i got to tell you that the, the best way to go about using that site is just use the search line. Plug in a word, hit enter, and see what pops up. There's all kinds of stuff there. Not trying to sell anybody anything, just trying to help folks out there that might have questions. Warp and Woof, Colossians 1.17, by him all things are held together. All of the threads of life, HB, warping and woofing, that's what we do. Like that nice jacket you're wearing right there. Yeah, there you go. All strung up together. <laughs> 
No, but uh, in, in serious note, uh, we always talk about community engagement, and we were just talking about uh, finances, and, and we were talking on a macro level, and then you had mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, hey, man, we do we, we need to address individual groups right. in this economic pie. And, and, and you know, I gave the statistics, uh, given the uh, statistics earlier about uh, the net worth in African-American households versus the white American household, which can draw, you know, and if we already living under the assumption that we are 16,000 in debt, in credit card debt. Mm -hmm. What does that say about the family who is living with just the net assets of five uh, uh thousand yep. dollars you know right. so we're talking to, now we're talking about a whole nother problem exactly. inside of the bigger problem that's right and so those are some of the things we talk about and since we're talking community engagement uh so who are some of the christian groups committed to helping uh christians with their finances right now because that's a problem that is going to be uh, layered yeah absolutely well uh, let me give uh, the background to this uh, again coming out of scripture scripture is very clear in genesis and then again in the book of Leviticus and also in places like Isaiah that emphasize this idea, four key concepts here, skill, uh, function, form, and then finally design. And God has created in his order, that is in the order of his world, a certain way that designs and functions and forms and skills all fit together. So I'm just going to give one example of this. And again, this might strike people as kind of odd that I would come at it this way, kind of like what I said about the church stepping up to take care of its young people to take care of their college debt before they even get there. I'm going to say that the biggest group, the biggest asset we have in the church and the Christian community today is the Christian home. The Christian home bears responsibility for itself. And if the Christian home would begin to do the kinds of things that Alfred Weems III is going to talk about, I think we're going to be moving in the right direction. But I'll just say this. One of the reasons why, HB, you brought this up numerous times here in the first hour, the problem that we find in our economy, people are struggling. And one of the things that folks are doing is they're creating their own enterprises in their own homes. And I think that this go speaks loudly to the issue of things like homeschooling. We talk about that on a regular basis here. But it also goes uh, to the issue of home economics. And so when we talk about the, c the concerns that uh, families have, they're finding their own way through sometimes by helping the young, their young people uh, learn skills and encouraging that process because they're not going to get it any other place. Absolutely. And uh, we were talking off break uh, about the gig economy where we're really not uh, – participating in jobs that are secure we're participating right. in a day-to-day week-to-week how do I survive right. yeah. <laughs> kind of mode and and that is different than having something where you can plan and have a uh, su uh, su su sustainable income right. I know that I had a guy call me last week and wanted to take my payment automatically out of my checking account and I told him there's no way I could guarantee with the way I work yeah. to have you money in my account at the same time every month, same right. day, uh, with, with with the way you get paid in this gig economy, and so we uh, we're under fire right now. Yeah. It's it's a different world, as I mentioned. It, it's never been like this in my fifty eight years, mm. or I guess what I would say realistically in my uh, thirty eight years of being an adult and in the marketplace. Right, uh, I've never seen anything like this. So, uh, what is the difference between how culture and Christian, uh, Christians view debt? Yep. And explain that, Mr. Eckler. Yeah. So the issue always comes back to, to one bottom line idea, and that's the difference between the internal and the external, uh, between the material and the eternal. 
And so when we have a different view, for instance, the very first uh, verse that I quoted from Proverbs this morning was 20, verse 15, which says that knowledge is much more uh, positive in in terms of what you have in your bank account than any kind of rubies or gold or jewels or anything like this. That helps me feel good for about 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do need something in a bank account. But knowledge is huge uh, here, and I think we sell ourselves short when we somehow think that what we have going on, the gifts that we have within us, uh, are going to be uh, bettered by something that's an external reality. But I want to come back to something we've been talking off and on about this, and I get after the Christian church. I want to get after Christian employers in particular. Uh, we live in, in the state of Indiana, and in the state of Indiana, we live in a state called an at-will state, which means that an employer can fire you for whatever they want to fire you for, no matter what, and you don't have any say. And especially in Christian organizations where you have no unions, you have no pensions, you have no safety net at all, uh, in Christian organizations they are notorious for this being the worst, the worst kind of function, not just in church, but generally speaking, and of course being in education for over 30 years, I've seen it in education constantly, all the time. And so I would just make a a shot across the bow out there to all managers and administrators and headmasters and board members in particular. This applies to board members. Quit trying to run over the people that are doing the work because we know that in education, especially in the Christian realm, uh, that education is born in the backs of its teachers. And that's what I want to say about those things today, HB. Dr. Mark Ecker, you are kind of, you know, you've agitated, aren't you? I'm agitated, man. Wow, I'm liking it. We got a place over in the hood for you because I'm telling you, you might get kicked out of fishers. (laughs) We're going to come back and we're going to introduce you to Alfred Weems III, and we're hoping that we can make more sense of financial education today here on Warp and Wolf Radio. Stay tuned. We are back. You're listening to Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. We have all different kinds of issues that we address. Uh, last week we had a tremendous uh, opportunity to interact with uh, Holly Abib and his great restaurant up in Fisher's St. Yards. Uh, go visit them up there. Uh, we talked about eating in Ethiopia. And I want to say also uh, before we get to our guest here this morning that uh, if you miss uh, the, the live radio show, we have podcasts not only at my uh, my personal website, warpandwoof.org, but also at cominiusinstitute.com or .org. And you can just go to the media file and click on the radio, and you'll find us not only in podcast form on YouTube, but you'll also find us in iTunes. So folks have been asking us about that. Uh, you can find us in iTunes. About half of all of our 75 programs, we're up to 75 now, HB, Half of our 75 programs have been uh, put into the iTunes account, and so we're up to speed there. So if you want to check that out, that's cominiusinstitute.com. Check out our media file and then look for the radio uh, section and the the podcasts and iTunes there. But this morning we are privileged, honored to have Pastor Alfred Weems III here with us. Uh, We're so glad that you're here with us in the show. Uh, Always what we ask everybody is to tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and in your case, your pastoral ministry, and frankly, why you want to keep people out of debt, that'd be a good starting point. All right, well, I, I, first of all, let me thank you uh, for having me on the show today. My name is Alfred Weems III. Uh, I do uh, pastor the Word Church. We are uh, kind of non-traditionalist in that respect. I think I prob- that probably would define me uh, for the majority of my life, uh, kind of out of the box. 
we worship on Saturday. It's not that we're seven day Adventists, and nothing wrong with being a seven day Adventist, but just being obedient to what I believe God uh, called me to do in establishing service on Saturday to to reestablish and for most people reinvent the art of family. That's wonderful uh, to give people a chance to spend time with their family on Sunday and to kind of just re recoup recuperate, you know, for the for the upcoming week. I have a, a son. Uh, who's 17, uh, is a, a senior at North Central, just uh, let me know that yesterday he became the captain of the football team, so we're looking for good things from him. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and just kind of an out-of-the-box type thinker because I believe that um, even from a ministry standpoint, uh, a lot of people have barriers that they don't want to hear uh, from, from pastors or preachers at this point. Uh, and somehow you have to be skillful in how you get to people and get their attention uh, and be able to kind of get them the word, much like Jesus did, you know, with parables. Right. You know, you, you didn't, you, he didn't sound too preachy when he was talking about, you know, uh, a certain man yeah. or, or you know, however he used the parable or how he crafted the parables. So I believe that that's kind of the thing that really, really gets me is uh, just trying to craft a message in such a way that people don't realize that they are getting the word of God, mm-hmm. uh, but they're getting it at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, frankly. Uh, Pastor, you are talking to somebody who loves non-traditional, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we fit right together here. Yeah, There's no yeah, problem yeah, at yeah. all. Uh, let, let me go back to something, though, that you said uh, about when your church meets, and I, I'm, I was fascinated the first time you and I talked about this, mm-hmm. uh, but this idea of Colossians chapter 2, where Paul says, it doesn't matter what day of the week you meet on. Not at all. It doesn't matter what day of the week we meet on, and I think that's one of that was one of the things, and it, it really requires a mindset, and probably even for our, our uh, entire discussion, uh, it requires uh, uh, two things really. Two things have to be open. Two things that are required to open, and that's a parachute and an open mind. Uh, being a veteran of the of the Army and 82nd Airborne Division, I rely and pack I pack parachutes as well, but a parachute is essential to open just like our mind is essential to be open Mm -hmm. and if we have a closed mind we can be closed off from opportunities and possibilities and so i you know just i struggled with it in the beginning when we established a church a little over three years ago um but i knew that god was leading me in that in that path and so i I just live by this this uh this excerpt of a poem i saw in high school in my english class and it just it just it just stayed with me from that point the two roads diverged into a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Yes. And for me, if there was ever an epitaph of my life, that would probably be it. You know, that I don't I don't always go with the flow. You know, I don't mind swimming upstream. I don't mind being the, the oddball. Mm-hmm. If I really feel like it's something that I, that I really want to do and need to do, then that's that's what I'm going to go after. And I'll, I'll go all out. And when I just felt like God laid it on my heart, I was like, wow, God, this is a different day. But you don't, you don't, you're not concerned about which day we worship. You're concerned about the fact that we do take the time to worship. Yes. You're not concerned with Wednesday being Bible study day because Thursday is our Bible study day. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I when I title the, the 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 Bible study Thirsty Thursday, people immediately are like, well, that's that, that's about the bar. I said, well, yeah, but if you if you're thirsty for the Word of God, you, you understand go. that principle as well. Right. You know, so Saturday Night Live and Thirsty Thursday are, are, are two are two uh, worship services. And uh, I tried to do, and I just really suspended it recently, but I, I had been doing for about three years a uh, Tuesday morning devotional as well that I would get 15 minutes of the word every Tuesday morning from 7.30 to 7.45 a.m. And, you know, maybe, maybe you know, I suspended it because I said like, maybe I'll adjust the time and come back a little bit later. 
but you know just with everything else i have going on it was the one thing i could probably kind of move off my t- off my plate immediately to just focus on some things that needed needed more attention at that time. Well, I want to pick up on the second thing that really strikes me about not only the Saturday night issue and, of course, your non-traditional approach, but, you know, frankly, you're getting back to something that the, ter- the church has just totally missed, mm-hmm. which is Genesis 2, 1 to 3, the concept of Shabbat and rest. Mm-hmm. And you're so focused on mm-hmm. giving people that day, man. You sound like <laughs> Dan Cathy of Chick-fil-A. We're close <laughs> someday, man. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's interesting because that that's the day where I, I, tell, I, I try to suggest to them, spend some time with your family. You know, uh, and, and I think we don't we don't take the time to recharge. You know, if we're in the rat race, uh, Monday through Friday, Saturday, you're up and run all day. Sunday, for a lot of churches, you're in church all day. You have no time to do anything. You don't right. even know your family anymore. Right. And we wonder why, you know, families break up even in Christianity. But you don't spend time together. Mm-hmm. So at least this dedicated day, and I try to encourage them, hey, sit down at the dinner table. Because oftentimes we don't even sit at the dinner table anymore. Right. And I said, if you sit at the dinner table, uh, put your, your cell phones down. It's going to be very, very awkward in the beginning. But just somebody's eventually going to talk mm-hmm. and, and just learn to communicate with your family again. It's essential. Yes. And then what we do sometimes as a church family, sometimes we'll go to the movies oh, together. Nice. Because at 10 o'clock in the morning, everybody else is in church. There you so go. we get in, we get out with no problem. <laughs> I say, well, you, if you want to go get uh, the brunch, you want to go to lunch, you want to go to breakfast, hey, we can go there and get in and get out. Yeah. The, the restaurant is not is not packed then, mm-hmm. so you know I, I try to you know bring a little humor there. But the reality is that we need to spend more quality time together mm-hmm. uh, with our family and just sometimes being able to do laundry. Sometimes just that's the one day when that's the one day out of the week when I will watch a movie mm-hmm. because I, I I'm usually busy the rest of the time. But even uh, sometimes on Sundays, I must admit, you know, I end up working some to some degree. But I usually am home. I usually got my, got my feet up on the ottoman if I'm doing laundry, whatever the case may be. I'm I'm just trying to recuperate. I'm trying to right. refocus on the, on the uh, focus on the week ahead. Yeah. Oh, these are fantastic ideas, and of course, it really does set the stage for us as we think about the issues of money and finance and debt, uh, because all of these principles are coming out of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So the very first question I think that that we need to address honestly is what are these biblical principles that drive your financial philosophy? I um I took a class maybe about three a little about four years ago called Crown Financial, and uh, the people who uh, taught the Crown Financial were friends of mine. I think it was fifteen weeks every Sunday morning we went to this class. It was before church began, and one of the one of the scriptures that really stuck out of my mind was in Proverbs twenty two and seven, and it simply said, "The rich rules the poor." And the borrower is a slave to the lender. There you go. And man, somehow that just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And then it then it even goes on to say in the book of Luke that um, if you cannot be trusted with the use of worldly mammon, then who will ever trust you with great riches? Mm-hmm. So man, that's a powerful principle too. Yeah. Because if you if if you're not responsible over the twelve dollars an hour that you're you, you're earning right now. Mm-hmm. Then who in the world will ever trust you with twenty dollars an hour or twenty five dollars an hour? Or if you cannot manage your resources that you have right now, or if you don't uh, manage your, or, or, or establish a budget right now, mm-hmm. if if you don't here's here's a biblical principle: if you don't consider the ant, mm-hmm. because and, and and oftentimes in Bible study I share this: God God 
sometimes when, when he wants to give us the greatest lesson, he takes the smallest creature. Uh. And, and so he said, consider the ant. Mm. You know, we're, we're sluggards, but they're already storing up. They've already be- begun months ago storing up mm. because they know winter is coming. Mm-hmm. And so in winter being, in, in the fact that winter is coming, they're not worried about winter because they're already storing up now. So when winter mm-hmm. comes, they're not stressed out. They don't. They don't deal with anxiety. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that you have ants taking trying to find high blood pressure and that type of uh, medicine because <laughs> they're not stressed about it. They they work and they store up, the, and I believe they rest during a period and then they come back out ready to work again. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, as individuals, people, that we need to we need to really capture and we need to really focus on those small creatures that give us great wisdom. Mm. Right out of Proverbs, folks, Proverbs chapter 6, all mm-hmm. about the ant. The key, of course, when we start talking about bl- biblical principles is actually the issue of application. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's where you know the rubber meets the road. Sure. Uh, so when we talk about this kind of uh, application, I think maybe the first question to ask is, uh, why is it so important to link debt to freedom. Uh, we've talked a little bit about some biblical principles. We've talked about the importance of rest, Sabbath, and so on. But let's talk, get into the nitty-gritty of this. Debt and freedom. What do you say to that? Well, uh, debt, first of all, is, is really like a weight. Mm-hmm. Debt, um, when we think about, you know, I can go biblical, when we think about a sin debt that we all had, that, that we could not pay, that, that was an awesome weight that we, we, we were carrying mm-hmm. That we eventually, through Jesus Christ and his atonement on, and his work on the cross, he paid the debt for us and really relieved us of all of the debt that we have. Mm. Uh, most people that don't, that, that, you know, and again, life happens, but there are people who use bankruptcy and, and they have to file bankruptcy. And bankruptcy is, you know, it's, it's, it's legal, it's lawful. Um, uh, but the thing is, and sometimes life happens and people are forced to do that. Mm. It relieves the, the burden of debt. Because sometimes when you're when you're so overwhelmed in debt, it does affect your 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 physical health. It affects your spiritual health. Because I share with people constantly that it's difficult to come to church and praise God when you're knee deep in debt. Yeah, you, you it, it's difficult because you, you you feel like you're carrying every bit of every bill mm. is Robbie. It goes back to that problem: the rich rules the poor and the bond. You feel like a slave. To all of the people that, that have loaned you money or you're overextended or you're past due or you're facing disconnections and you cannot feel free. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and the thing is, is that you, you, we have to get to the point of understanding some basic principles in order to, to experience the freedom. I think that many people, many Christians do not experience freedom because they don't understand. They, they fail to open their mind. Mm-hmm. They fail to take a different look. Yeah, some people, and I, and I, and I, and I sometimes I'm kind of critical in this, and I, I guess you know I'm just me. Um, I'm not. Sometimes I see some people who post their their excerpts of things in church, and it's usually when people are shouting, when they're jubilant, when they're you know when the choir. I'm not so impressed by that because my thing is, how are you living after that? Mm-hmm. You can shout on Sunday, but if you go home and you're still in debt, or you're still overextended, or you're still swiping a credit card with no real payment. With no real plan to pay it off, you're still robbing Peter to pay Paul. It, it, it trips me out that people can come to church to worship a God 
who wants us to be free, but then you go to the payday loan place and you become a a slave mm. to the payday loan people because you cannot you can't manage your money well. I don't think that that's that's what God wants us to be. I think that really the biggest problem in America and in Christianity happens to be financial illiteracy. Ooh. Nobody has taught us about finances. Mm. Nobody has really. But but here's what's interesting. Jesus spoke, the Bible speaks about 800 times <laughs> about uh, money and, and, and possessions. That's, right. 800, that's the second most, uh, uh, that's the second largest topic in the Bible is money and finances and, and, and possessions. And yet, many preachers have been uh, uh, handcuffed or we've been... We've been we've been gagged from talking about finances. No, you, you, we we have to if we're going to liberate the people of God, if we're going to liberate people overall, we have to be willing to number one examine ourselves mm. and make sure that we understand good financial principles, model good financial principles, so that we can help liberate other people. Mm. So if you if you want to say this way, then I guess maybe I'm the Moses right now who's come <laughs> to tell people you can be free mm. from the bondage of debt if you understand some basic financial principles anybody listening to this program right now cannot <laughs> even think about you being a preacher you know did, did you get that i mean seriously man i just give you a pulpit and, and let you go this is great stuff folks this is uh, the kind of thing that uh, we need to talk about more and more the very basic ideas of application in the church and for the community for the christian community uh, you're listening to Radio TV at the Cool Groove site, Warp and Woof Radio. We're going to come back, talk more to Alfred Weems III about the issues of finance and money and debt. Stay tuned. TV at the Cool Groove site. You know, HB, at some point in the future, man, we got to start, got to start recording some of the stuff that we say off air because. <laughs> well, it's coming, brother. I told you, I'm trying to get this uh, vision communication as soon as I can get them to knock this price down. All right. All right. Talking about money. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, this is good stuff. We just have a good time chatting about things. And uh, Alfred Williams III here in studio with us today talking about money, finance, and debt. And we were discussing how we're not traditionalists. It always makes me think of Emily Dickinson's famous poem, Tell It Slant, which means that you're coming in at a 45-degree angle, you, you know, go. and that's there a really go. important, powerful idea. There you go. Well, let's pick up where we left off. We talked about debt and freedom uh, here just uh, coming in uh, to the break. Uh, the next thing I guess we need to know about is uh, what are some of the things that you know about credit and maybe tell us some of the myths that come along with it. Wow. Uh, so here we, we will probably call this the, the creducation segment because uh, <laughs> I love it. We, 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 we all have believed the misconception of how credit works. Uh, we, we, we know about TransUnion. We know about Equifax. We know about Experian. And truth be told, the reality is, is that nobody ever gave them permission to put our business in the streets. Uh, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian are private companies that are in the business of selling our information. That's all they do. Wow. Many people believe, and, and, and I'm even not even going to call them credit bureaus anymore because calling them a bureau almost gives them a governmental a connotation. Yes. They have no governmental authority whatsoever. None. Zero. So... Really, when it talks about credit and credit reporting, really our credit reports as we have them today are like really credit report cards. Mm. 
they really show you know the the overall the, the snapshot of how we manage finance whatever case be and give us a grade mm -hmm. and that grade is numerical so you know if you have an 850 you have really an, an A yeah. or A plus in that in that in that regard but if you're in the 300s you definitely got an F mm -hmm. and and so a lot of people today are really misinformed about uh, about credit and really it's important to know to know the game know the rules of the game so you know how to play the game mm -hmm. and and and, and I know a lot of people say, well, we talk about credit. You know, why would you call it a game? It is a game because uh, the only the, 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 the saving grace that we do have is that there are laws in place that because credit, the credit reporting agencies, because they have so much power that has been given them, that the credit reporting agencies have really done us a great disservice or an injustice. Mm -hmm. So when you understand the rules and you understand how it is, credit is not taught anywhere. It's not taught in our schools. It's not taught on the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. Nobody has taught us about credit at all. Here's what most people have it, it, the, the, the greatest level of uh, credit education or credit education people have received is pay your bills on time. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it, yeah. And paying your bills on time, when you look at the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. accounts for about 35% of your credit score. Ah. So if all you're doing is paying your bills on time, and you think your credit is good, your credit might be good enough. Good enough to get some things that you want, but not to get the best mm. interest rate. Ah. And right now when people, the, the statistics show about 599, I mean, 43 million people have a credit score of 599 or less. Okay. Which means they're paying astronomical interest rates, and over the course of a lifetime, we may be blown away to know that we will end up paying anywhere from 200000 to a million dollars in excess interest and fees for having a lower credit score. Wow. And the thing is, you can't, you can't hide. You can't, you can't stay in hiding. You have to come out from hiding, face this thing, and deal with it if you're going to... To, to fix the problem, mm -hmm. and so one of the things I've got I've done with, with with in the business of credit restoration is just being able to share the information with people. And here here's something else that would probably blow most people away. And I post this I posted this a couple times, and uh, I've gotten people who 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 wanted to buck me in this respect because of what they've been taught. I understand that, and I deleted one person from my Facebook actually because I was like I I, I post information. So if you want information, just put info on there. And this person wanted to give that dissertation twice, their opinion. I'm like, I didn't ask for your opinion. So I, I deleted that person eventually. But I did it on purpose. I did it for a reason because um, third-party collectors. Mm. If, if you had a bill, uh, Dr. Echo, let's, say, let's just say the Sears. You had a credit card with Sears. And life happened. Something happened. And you couldn't pay that, that, that Sears credit card. Let's say it was $700. And now Sears, had, they, they let you charge things. And now after late fees and interest, now you're over $700. And maybe they let you go find some money. But maybe you lost a job. Maybe you couldn't pay that credit card because you got to eat. You got to live. You got to, mm -hmm. you know, th those type of things. So now maybe maybe now your bill is $1,000 from, from – because after that, after you get to the certain point, they didn't want to charge you over-the-limit fees as well. Oh, so you got over-the-limit fees, late fees.
fees and interest accumulating. So now you're $1,000 in the hole. Mm. Five to six months later, you're $1,000 in the hole. Sears ain't calling you anymore. Mm. So what, what happens? Oftentimes at that point, Sears will either write it off as a tax deduction. Sears also could have a bad debt insurance because they anticipate that enough people are not going to pay their bills. They're going to be left uh, holding the bag. So they, 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 they've already been paid that $1,000 already. So now what happens, ABC company comes along and says, hey, we'll buy your debt, your bad debt from you. Now, they can't give all the information. All the thing they can give is the name and they can give the amount. So they'll call you and say, hey, uh, Mark Echo, you know, my name is Alfred. You know, I'm calling on a recorded line. Anything we say, this is an attempt to collect the debt. And any information that we, we attain will be used for that purpose. Uh, Mark, uh, I'm calling on behalf of, of Sears. And you had you, you owed a you owe $1,000 uh, to Sears on your credit card account. You said, well, yeah, I do remember. That. You know, I, I did owe that. Maybe a year later. I owe that. Well, how, can, uh, how are you able to pay, the, pay it in full today? Well, no, I can't pay it in full today. Um, but... um. I'm on kind of tough time. Well, how about how much can you pay today? Well, I I, I may be able to pay a hundred dollars today. Okay, if you let me let me talk to somebody and see if I can get them an arrangement for you to pay a hundred dollars, and they come back and say no, you have to pay two fifty. Otherwise, we're gonna we have to proceed with court, and we're gonna take you to court. We're gonna sue you that type of thing. And as soon as we hear certain words about suing and court, then we go ahead and do. So now you make an arrangement. To pay that two fifty, now you now you go ahead and you pay the two fifty. You may be paying a hundred dollars a month until this is paid off. And what if I told you you don't even owe that third party at all? Mm. Here's what we learned when we were growing up. Growing up, we learned this is an A and B conversation. See your way out. So what it really meant is that I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, Doctor Doctor Mark. And so if you and I are in a conversation and somebody else will walk in and they start inputting, it's like well, hold up, I'm not even talking to you. This is an A and B conversation. See your way out. The third party collector is that C party. Mm. And, and, and the agreement was between you and Sears. ABC collection has no, no right to collect from you what agreement you had with Sears. Mm. If we understood that one principle, I've been guilty. I know I have paid mm. some people who've called me, but now, with education or with creducation, mm -hmm. now I know I don't owe you anything. There are certain things we have to say to them that I'm not aware of that bill, I, and, and I would send, me, send it to me in writing and cease and desist any additional calls. Mm -hmm. After that, they can't call me. They won't call me. They probably know, hmm, he's been educated. He probably knows the law because <laughs> the law is there's a law in place for, with fair debt collection practices and fair credit reporting acts. There, there's laws that are there to protect consumers. You don't owe a third party. Now, here's where we get in trouble. When you acknowledge that you owe the bill and when you are willing to make arrangements, now you have really become a slave oh boy. to the third party collector. Oh, boy. There you go. The, the, the Sears already got their money. Sears already made a profit off of the money. Mm. They already got, you know, $1,000. You only had a $700 credit limit. But now here, here this other one comes. So now you, you could end up paying $2,000 to something. You know, in, in, well, you end up paying $1,000 to something you didn't even have to pay didn't to. Even, didn't you didn't even, even owe. Yeah. You didn't owe them. You don't owe a third. You never have to pay a third-party collector ever. If you, uh, listening to this either live or via the podcast, get nothing else out of this this morning please hear that about third-party collectors and oh by the way i do not owe sears a thousand dollars i want everybody <laughs> that to was just that. an example <laughs>
so being serious are good. Right, right, right. So that, that that's a powerful principle, just yes. understanding the credit aspect and just, just knowing that these three are just in the business of selling our information. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. They're reporting to other people what, what you know, how we pay bills or nobody but we didn't give them permission to put our business in the street, but they they've been doing it for years. But they, they really have no no governmental authority. They, 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 and when you understand how it works, you can then play the game best. Mm-hmm. So even for us, one of the things that we that we do in our in, in in my business is educating people to understand credit. And here's the thing: anything on your credit report that's erroneous, obsolete, or uh, I always forget the third one: erroneous and obsolete. Let's just go with those two: erroneous and obsolete and cannot be validated must be deleted within 30 days off wow. of the credit report must be according to the fair credit reporting act so and i always want to tell people this up front you can dispute your credit yourself you hmm. can hmm. now it's likened to a person that goes into court and tries to represent themselves things don't always go quite well when you represent yourself so when you try to represent yourself as it relates to credit, your first round of disputes, you write the letter, you, you dispute things online, and they come back and say, okay, this was deleted, this has just been updated, you know, this is your debt. We usually give up. With our company, what we do is we dispute on behalf of every one of our clients everything on their credit report that's affecting them adversely and all three credit reports at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's some competitors out there, if I want to call them competitors, other people out there who do the similar thing that we do as far as credit restoration, they only pick two or three things that they dispute at any given time. They want to string you along for the, for the long haul. Okay. We dispute everything. So here's a transparent moment. When I got into this business a few months ago, I mean, because I watched the business for over a year. I, usually I watch things and I want to see how things unfold mm-hmm. before I jump right in because sure. I feel like it's my name, my reputation, yeah. everything else. Being an insurance agent, man, I can't afford to l- lose my insurance license over some other dumb stuff dealing with finances. But as I watched and observed, I'm like, when, when I when I did my first round of disputes, and the good thing is when people come and, do, and, and, and they want to do business with me, I don't see their credit. I don't pull their credit report. Our corporate office does that. I don't need. I don't. I don't know anything about that personal situation. Just like I don't want them to know about my personal situation. But on my first round of disputes, eleven items were deleted from my credit report. Hmm. Eleven items. Sad to say, but glad to say, six of them were tax liens. Wow. Because people think tax liens. Oh, I got to wait seven to ten years. Who said you have to wait seven to ten years to have something removed from your credit report? Whoever told you that, whoever told us that, most people say, well, that was that they said. And I always ask people in church, who is they? That's the most powerful family in churches and government and everything else, the they family. Who was they? They said we had to wait seven to ten years or it's getting ready to fall off or I filed bankruptcy. Do you not know, Dr. Mark, that student loans can be deleted from your credit report, that repossessions can be deleted from your credit report, that child support can be deleted from your credit report. Here's the thing. Nothing ever had to be reported to the credit bureau in the first place or the credit credit reporting agency in the first mm-hmm. place. So if nothing had to be reported and all these things are reported, knowing the law, 
things can be removed legally and permanently from your credit report. And as those negative things fall off, your credit score does nothing else but increase. Mm -hmm. And as your credit score increases, you then begin to have buying power that you didn't have before. Because here's the thing. We talked about that scripture again. The rich rules the poor. The, the, the statistics show 5% of uh, the, the wealth of this nation is controlled by 5% of the people. Mm -hmm. So that means that 95% of, of us are considered like slaves to them because they control everything. No, I want to be shifted out of that. I don't want to settle for just a 620 credit score. I don't want to settle for just barely enough, just enough so I can get a house. No, I want to have a house that, that, that has a low interest rate. I, I shared with somebody uh, yesterday, I said, if, if, if you wanted to buy this pen from me and this pen was $20, you saw the tag, it was $20. I said, no, I'm going to charge you $35 for this pen. I said, would you pay $35 for this pen? I said, absolutely not. I said, well, good. I'm glad you wouldn't. <laughs> but here's what we do. Here's what we do. We'll go get a $20,000 car loan. And not pay attention to the fact that in the end, based upon our low credit, mm -hmm. we're paying thirty-five thousand mm -hmm. for the same car. Right. So why would we pay thirty-five thousand? Because somebody said they'll give us credit. They'll, you know, nobody turned down. Buy here, pay here. You, you know, we'll, you, you, you can drive today. You know, all this immediacy. And and really, the thing is, one of the principles we need to learn biblically is contentment. Mm. Contentment. Yeah. I had a person in my church who was telling me that I want to get me a new car. I want to get me a new car. I said, "Why? The best car you can drive is a paid for yeah, that's car. Right. That's right. That's the, I, don't, I ain't. I ain't. I'm. I'm no longer really into Ford and Volkswagen and whatever. The, a paid car <laughs> is the best car that you can drive. When you don't have no. When you're not paying any car note, uh, you can drive free. From that perspective, I'm not saying that we we shouldn't we we shouldn't or. Uh, drive some nice things, but at least get your credit in order so that you're not paying an astronomical amount for interest. When you do drive what you want to drive, it, it, re it requires wisdom. That's that's what it requires uh, for us is is wisdom. And I think oftentimes what we don't account for is uh, what I taught in Bible study in dollars and cents is we got to live on the margin. Oh yeah, living on the margin means you got to allow some room. You look at a piece of paper, it allows some room for you to run over. Yeah. Uh, we we got to live our life and just anticipate something's probably going to happen. Yep. And so sometimes even credit credit can be you credit can be good when it's used wisely. Mm -hmm. That if I have built myself up with credit, if I have an eight hundred or if I have a seven hundred fifty credit score, I know I can go in and, and and just with my signature get a loan for what I need to get me out of the hole. Mm -hmm. But the devastating thing is when I'm in the hole or when I'm in debt and I know I can't even do anything to get out of debt. That's where I'm devastated more than anything else. And right now, even the way things are reported, if, if you have messed up even in your bank, because some people mess up on their bank account simply because life happens. Mm. They, they lose a job. They, know they don't have a job anymore. The bank charge charging them fees. And before you know it, they close the account. And now they're reported in a check system. You can't even go to Walmart and cash a check because mm. somebody didn't spread your business even with them. And there's really no legal, legal, legal basis for spreading your business like that. It's another way to keep you down. Oh, okay. And I think as Americans, we have just settled for being down, settled for barely making mm -hmm. it, settled for just getting by. When, when the Bible sa says clearly, I've come that you may have life mm -hmm. and that you may live it to the full, that you may have mm -hmm. it more abundantly. A and we, we, we forfeit that abundant life because we don't know. Look at that. Isn't that the truth? I, 
got a phone call from uh, Toyota because uh, I have a RAV4. That's what I drive, and mm-hmm. just finished uh, paying it off. Okay, good. And zero uh, percent <laughs> interest. By uh, the way, hey, just, good. Just want you to know that. Um, so here we are. We we paid off the car. I get this phone call from the used car dealership under Toyota, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, you know, we really need your 2012 RAV. You know, we don't have many on the lot, and we, you know, we'll give you a good deal to buy a new car." I said, "Ma'am." You realize that I just paid this car? She said, yes, sir. I said, you're asking me to go into debt and pay for a new car. <laughs> there was a long pause on the other end of the line. She said, thank you very much for your time, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, everybody wants to keep us, keep us in debt. Isn't keep us owing somebody. Yeah. And, that, and that's not the way we and should And how be. about that? She was talking to somebody who actually knew something about yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Credit affects our entire life. Yes. Credit affects your ability to buy car insurance, mm-hmm. homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. Credit affects your ability to get student loans. Yes. Credit affects your ability. I mean, every aspect of life is affected by credit. People now, to get a job, they run your credit. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're up for promotion, they use credit as a, as a, as a means of weeding people out to, to not give a person a promotion. You mentioned it being an at-will state here in Indiana. Yeah. Credit can be used for that as well. Mm-hmm. Just run your credit. They have your social credit. Run your credit, and you'll see whether or not. I had a, one of the uh, Lexington Law. That's the other people that, that supposedly um, uh, restore people's credit. Um, I looked at my credit report the other day and saw they had run me uh, from like April and May. I mean, it's like seven things on my credit report of inquiry. I didn't. I never talked to anybody from Lexington Law. Like, how in the world are you on my credit report, and I've never even talked to somebody mm-hmm. from Lexington Law? But again, if we don't know, we we we're not able to help. Even be able to get uh, other measure, means of insurance or whatever, or even trying to buy a home, even renting an apartment. Mm-hmm. Even some people now, some car uh, um, car rental locations are running people's credit. Now think about this. If your credit is bad and you can't buy a car, and then you go to rent a car and they won't rent you a car, how are you supposed to get around? Yeah. yeah. So credit is like a vital sign. Mm. And that's why we need to realize some of us need to be in ICU. Mm. Some of us need them to get the paddles out because we're, we're almost dead. I mean, mm. we're, we're literally on life support, but you don't have to be. When you know better, you can do better. And that's what, uh, for me, I'm interested in the person's uh, complete financial portfolio. I'm interested in people making sure they have their power of attorney, their wheels. I'm interested in people, and that's what our company does. I, one of the things I lo- noticed that as you increase your credit score, you become more attractive, mm. not only to lenders, but you become more attractive to identity thieves as well. Uh-huh. So a couple of Sundays ago, since I was able to be at home on Sunday, I, Sunday morning I got up and I got an email saying, did, you know, did I apply for this loan? I just got out of bed. I said no. I clicked on the thing. I said no through LifeLock. And uh, it directed me to the website. I went to the website. Some online loan store. Somebody obviously at that point was applying for a loan in my name. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was grateful that my credit score is improving. Because now I was a, a, a greater target. Mm-hmm. So now being a, a target for someone. But, but thank God I had the LifeLock as well. Because with the LifeLock... I wasn't taken advantage of because identity theft is one of the most prevalent crimes committed 
even today. But at least I knew I was protected in that respect as well. So we're interested in your total protection mm -hmm. uh, to maintain your credit. It, it, when you say the total protection, or you used the word wholeness actually earlier, again, another Hebraic concept comes out of the concept of shalom. Shalom in Hebrew means wholeness. wholeness. So when you think about wholeness, you're talking about the whole person. Mm -hmm. And and you said this perfectly uh, before, if you're... If you're really up against it financially, it's going to impact you emotionally, yeah. physically, spiritually, Absolutely. in every realm and a part of your existence. And we cannot uh, do this to each other or allow this to take place. And that's why, you know, it's so imperative uh, if you're out there listening to us uh, to have somebody like Alfred Weem III uh, to talk with and make sure that you connect with him about uh, the, the possibilities that he might be able to afford you uh, to help you with some of the issues that you might uh be involved with right now which of course then leads me to the great question mm -hmm. about stories mm -hmm. and so i think uh anytime i have folks in here for them to tell us stories is important tell us some stories about folks who got into debt mm -hmm. and then maybe some who got out of debt and kind of give us a, a balance between those two that's a good that's a good question um I, i'll i'll Shined a lot on myself first okay. because um, I have to be very honest and transparent that I haven't always been a good manager of money. Okay, uh, and then life happens. Uh, you know, I look back over my life. You know, uh, being forty-eight years young, I look back over my life, and maybe about ten years ago, man, I was homeless. Mm. I mean, I didn't have a I didn't have a residence to call my. I had some family in the area, but I mean, I just didn't want to burden them. Uh, I lived in my van. Maybe about ten or twelve years ago, for about two and a half weeks. Wow! I, I had an expired membership at Lifetime Fitness back up in uh, Northwest Indiana. It was a uh, in Calumet City, Illinois, and I would go work out. I would just bypass the desk, work out, so I could shower, brought my clothes in, so I could change. Nobody knew. I went to a job, but I was at at a bad at a bad place then because you know you could be without a job for a certain period of time. Now you're digging yourself up out of the hole, mm -hmm. and so I'm just I'm just working to try to dig myself out of the hole. No extra resources to do anything. And for about two and a half weeks, I was homeless. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that for sympathy. Sure. I say that because it taught me something. Yep. And sometimes sometimes when you hit rock bottom, it, it, it's the best education that you can get because now. Uh, I make sure that I manage from a different vantage point. Mm. I make sure that I'm not I'm not moved by, and I try to teach my son the same principles because I believe that's the that's the other thing. Biblically speaking, I think it's in, in uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty two where it says, "A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children." There you go. So I always want to even teach my son. You ain't got to have, you know, why 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 wear Jordans? I mean, and nothing against, but. I'm not about to pay no $200 for no Jordans mm -hmm. when we can go to Shoe Carnival and get you two pair for half the price of a pair of Jordans. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. You can still get Nike, but it don't have to be Jordan. Because I, wanted, I want you to understand, sometimes you gotta, you got to delay some things. you got to put right. some things off. So I know I have been in such debt. That's where the tax debt came from. Because if you have tax debt and you can't pay it, I mean, what can you do? Mm -hmm. um, so being in debt, uh, being homeless, not having a place to stay, not being able to qualify for an apartment because when your credit is bad, you can't qualify for an apartment. You know, you try to get somebody somebody else to sign on for you, and then if you can't, if you lose your job, then now their credit is affected. That type of thing. I probably have run the whole gamut in that respect. But now, for me personally, to see, you know, that God has afforded me opportunities and this this financial education services, this business, to be able to help other people. 
is it's been a great thing. One of my friends in uh in, in Texas, Carissa is her name, um, she shares her story quite frequently how life happened with her was in a bad relationship. And you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody for a period of time, things become intermingled. Well, when the relationship was so bad, I think I believe it was abusive as well, mm-hmm. she had to leave. Mm-hmm. In leaving what 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 suffered what suffered additionally was her credit. Yes. So she shares that she went to go apply for car insurance mm. and was denied. Mm. Can you imagine being denied for car insurance? Yeah. I mean, you may pay a higher premium, but being denied for car insurance and being denied for car insurance, she she was awakened. She got she became a client of this business because even in my business, all of us are all clients of the business mm. because we want to go through the process and we want to model it. So that we can help other people, you know, we're disciples of the business. Let's put it that way. So now, less than a year later, she said her score was like 432. In less than a year, she's at an 800 credit score. Wow! Just by what you said earlier, applying these principles. principles yep. If you, it's not, it doesn't do you any good to to know the principles if you don't apply the principles. Mm. So it doesn't do you any good to hear the word of God if you're not going to apply the word of God. It doesn't do you any good if, you have, if you're sick and to have medicine if you're not going to take the medicine. Mm-hmm. So applying these basic principles will help get people out of situations. One of my, one of my church members, we, we, were, uh, we did a, a news segment for WTHR recently, uh, talked about how even though they had been paying their bills on time, uh, she had been paying their bills on time, her credit score was still suffering. And you know, you know, people have had a lot of people file bankruptcy. They have uh, major hospital bills, and people, you know, they, a lot of people have to file bankruptcy right now. Do you even know that the bankruptcy can be deleted from your credit report mm-hmm. as well? So again, all of these things that are affecting us negatively can be taken off. Well, she shared that after going through the process, just in a few short months, she went to an apartment and applied for an apartment. And again, it's one of those things when you know you didn't have much money, you. You go over and swipe your car. You just hoping and praying that it goes through. <laughs> she was able to get into this apartment, a nice apartment complex in Indianapolis. No money down. Wow, zero money down in a few short months mm. of just applying some of the basic principles. Just and the thing about our business, we're not going to do all the work for you. Now we're going to, you know, our corporation, our corporate office. We're going to prepare the the dispute letters for you. And when you get that, when you we're going to mail them to you. So that you can sign them and mail them in yourself. We want you to be a part of the process. When you get the information back from the credit bureaus, send it back to the corporate office so we can update it. We have credit monitoring. People do that freecreditreport.com, and it's only free for about seven days, and they start charging you. Well, we, the credit monitoring is a part of what we, we offer you, so that way your credit is constantly monitored. So when you have increases, when your credit score increases, we're going to send you a notification. Your credit score just increased 70 points or 100 points. Mm-hmm. One of my client agents recently went up 70 points in her mm-hmm. first round of disputes, first 30-day dispute, 70 points increase. So we can talk about a number of cases where people were in debt, had, had poor credit, but now and within about a year. And we just tell people, hey, commit to this thing at least four to six months. But why settle for good when you can have better? Mm-hmm. Then why settle for better if you can have the best? Because the as mm-hmm. you get to the best level credit score, you're not going to pay much in interest at all. As you get to that, you can have that zero percent interest. You can you can literally live in free and, and, and I think this is where the church comes into play again. Mm-hmm. If we understand these principles in church. It will free people up that are paying astronomical interest. So just imagine if you're paying $600 for a car note, and now you go through this process, apply these principles, and now you refinance your car, and maybe your car note now is only 300 
that frees up $300 really to either wisely pay down debt mm -hmm. or be able to freely give to the kingdom. Yeah, there you go. That's where the blessing comes in more than anything else. These are powerful ideas, and, and I think it's important for people to he um, hear specifically what uh, company or business you work for. So yeah. give, us, give that some love there. The company I'm with is uh, Financial Education Services, and, and we're in the business of educating people about, about credit. Our, our goal and objective is to really make sure that people, as you said, are made whole financially. We're interested in a complete uh, portfolio of, of finances, and that's why, again, I mentioned about the power of attorneys, the wheels. That's one of the things that people get from our, our company as well. We prepare for them a wheel, living will, a power of attorney, a health power of attorney, those type of things. People don't have that. Mm. People right now, if you die right, people die right now, you know, the state would make decisions because a lot of times, you know, we want money to go here, money to go here. You have to have a will in place. Mm. How much does it cost to get a will? You got to get an attorney, $1,000 or more or, or to, to get that done. Uh, you can get that done a la carte through us for $499 or it's included in the plan when you work to get your credit restored. Mm. So um, people can contact me directly. I, I'm always on social media posting. But here's the thing. It doesn't do any good to just like a post. <laughs> right, yeah. When you know your credit is not, when you know your credit is less than perfect, you're the perfect candidate to have your credit perfected. Mm. So our goal is to help everybody, to educate everyone, to make sure they have the best mix because in order to get a good credit score, a great credit score, or an excellent credit score, you have to have a good mixture of credit. So now, whereas I didn't used to use credit, now I have a secure cards because those are positive trade lines that are reported to the credit bureau. Here's one last thing, and I'm sure we're going to go to a break. Um, do you not know that the largest expense for most people is their rent rental payment? Two years of your rental history can be reported to the credit mm. reporting agencies. Mm as a positive trade line on your credit. Mm. Wow. That's great. Retroactively. Yes. So two years can be put, and then you can either pay monthly to have them continue to report every month as an active trade line, mm. or if you want to get it one time, that positive trade line, that history, because a lot of times what people do, they end up canceling cards or closing mm -hmm. down accounts. No. Part of boosting your credit is having the history yes. as well. Yep. You can pay the bill off. But don't close the account out because that history stays with you the there entire you time. One more time, the name of your company? My company is Financial Education Services. People can just contact me directly at, you know, on Facebook or by phone. Okay. They can contact me and Very good. I'm more than willing to help them. Alfred Weems III, not only an entrepreneur in the financial sense of things, but also a pastor. And uh, it's been great to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, grateful. So uh, this is uh, Warp and Woof Radio. And we come to you based on the six-year investment of our friend and brother, H.B. Bell, who bought RadioNext.tv and now runs all kinds of great stuff through it. I want to make one comment about an upcoming program on September the 2nd. You do not, do not want to miss uh, the opportunity that you have here in Indianapolis to interact with some very fine bands, some great food, but also beyond that to interact with the idea of how do we deal with mental health in the Indianapolis community. Make sure to, to uh, follow uh, HB and myself and many others who are promoting this kind of thing. Uh, September 2nd, 
Uh, you'll, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all kinds of other places. You're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site, Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us.